When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up, and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. Welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Um, we've got a new sidekick this week, sidekick Ollie, Ollie Shorts of regular Arsenal away visitor fame. Don't know about that, but friend yeah. of Josh Landy, indeed. Uh, what else can we say about you? you? Went to the game. You went to Sheffield Wednesday. Unfortunately for my sins in life, deserve some kind of deserve some kind of medal for that. Uh, I. Th- no, no, no. Oh, okay. No, Fine. it's just a new ground for a lot of for four thousand five hundred people. Oh, well, okay. a few, few thousand. It is the Coca Cola Cup, but fine. No, if you're if you're you're happy not getting a medal, I won't no, give you a medal. No. Um, Gilad Kustenbaum is back. Evening, all. well done, well done. Thanks Thank for you. returning. Um, just a reminder, because you haven't been in for a while. You're very much anti Wenger, and have been as we were just talking before we started the podcast for eight years. Eight years, I've got my car ready outside to drive Mr. Wenger to the airport. Hopefully never see him again. Um, Sheffield Wednesday game, before I know we're going to discuss it later, but once again, there's so many things in that game which uh, just make my hate for Wenger grow. Um, wow. And wow. hopefully Ouch. this will be the last season we see him. You could be one of the, even the fiercest anti-Wengerites I've ever had on the, on the show. There's... Um What's uh, Josh's other mate? Ari, Ari. Ari, I'm sorry. Apologies, Ari, if you're listening. You're a wonderful human being and a great great podcast guest, but he is, he's firmly anti-Wenger. But you, are you even more anti-Wenger than him, do you think? I, I'm even more Just anti-Wenger like, than get him. get it clear. Merge them together, they'd be like yeah. mega anti-Wenger. Yeah, it's Horrible. good to get these things clear. And our other guest, newbie, James Wilson, who is a contributor to The Grove, and um, he's dressed very smartly in a suit and tie. I only mention that because we're all just like looking like layabouts. Um, and uh, you on on um, Twitter, you are Beard of Pires. Although you have a locked, if you want to get 
access your tweets, we have to request it from you because um, they're very sweary, apparently. Is this correct? Yes. <laughs> I'm just setting you up. And on the Wenger, on the, you've got your Wenger Out Brigade lunatics, like you lad, on one side. You've got your Arsene Knows Best psychopaths on the other like Josh is he one kind of he's pretty much is isn't he Josh Josh, 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 is, Josh is a yeah he's Wenger's love child he's a right so where do you stand on, on the uh, on the axis um, I veer between psychopath and sane do you on Wenger um, I don't I, I love I love him like <laughs> the father I never had yeah um, and he is irritating and frustrating and all the rest of it but I'd say I'm pretty firmly on the in camp, right in, now in the in camp. But you had a period where you were you were, you were against. Yeah, I had some wilderness years. Wilderness years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Fine. Um, good to know. You weren't there on Wednesday, but you should. You would have been normally. I would have been. Thankfully, work wouldn't give me the time off. Which was who knew that work would be a lifesaver <laughs> in these situations. I know. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I was talking to a friend before the Sheffield Wednesday game and we were saying we're going to have one horrible away game this season where it's just the absolute shit and we you know we borderline suicide and you think what am I doing here and that would have been that game so it's yeah. either, we've either dodged or it's still don't forget we've got Munich next week yeah, yeah. oh yeah we'll come to, we'll come to, we'll, we'll come to the full a full discussion of the Sheffield Wednesday debacle as I'm calling it we'll We'll go and preview the Munich game, get official predictions. Because we're not back till next Thursday. Yeah, we're playing Munich on Wednesday, aren't we? Is that Munich right? on Wednesday. Wednesday, on Thursday. yes. So we'll talk about that. But we've got to talk about Arsenal-Everton first, which was a tremendous result, really. Um, you know, and, you know, a lot of good things came out of that game. Giroud, I mean, I am, as, as any regular listener will know, a Giroud doubter, let me say, and I much prefer Theo as an upfront option, but he was absolutely brilliant in that game, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I think Giroud was great. That, that really was one of his best performances in an Arsenal yeah. shirt. Um, it was more than just I, I granted it with the header and everything, but it was more than just that. I mean, even when he hit mm. the crossbar, that was very unlike Giroud. He put himself about, linked up the play very well, um, held it up when it, when it came forward to him and really, really, really impressed. Um, and it looks like he's also building a nice relationship with, with Ozil on the on, mm. on the wing as well as I was stepping stepping up now showing how how far and ahead him and Sanchez really are for the Arsenal team but uh, Giroud, Giroud was good and with Walcott alongside him uh, could be a, could although not literally alongside him because they never played together yeah I, I'm saying though that yeah, you have the, you mean the, the, the two the, options the, yeah. the, the, the two options could 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 bode well for yeah. the future on the, on the post-match interview actually funny I was talking of um, Giroud and Walcott together um, Wenger actually made reference to that as if like he said something like um, oh yeah uh, and they of course they can play together I was like well we haven't seen them play together well, for well, like, surely years surely Walcott would have played on the right hand side with um, Giroud you would have mm. thought but clearly I mean I think it's great to have the competition um, mm. for the first time in a long time we look like we've got two players who can who can score goals um, which is great I think personally for me Giroud was man of the match um, against Everton yeah. I thought he was brilliant um, his, everything the link the, the goal uh, was, was superb um, and it's great yeah for the first time it feels like you know we do have a little bit of a plan B when it comes to scoring goals if it's not going to work with Giroud then you can bring on the pace of Walcott vice versa if it's not going to work Walcott plays Giroud and I think it's great that we could rest a player like Walcott he didn't even play did he on, on Saturday did yeah, he no, come on no he didn't come on fit, didn't it made sure he <laughs> made sure he's oh, fit yeah. for, for Tuesday <laughs> alright right. um, so, so he you know but did you, I mean that game did, did 
that game kind of the performance and the tactics and Giroud and everything did make me feel for the first time this season I mean we did go top didn't we and we're now we're now second on goal difference yeah. but you know we're effectively top of the league um, <laughs> it did make me feel for the first time this season oh actually maybe looking at how shit Chelsea are and looking at how the other big teams our other rivals make mistakes in games as well and are fallible maybe maybe we can you know bid for the title this year did you feel that way after that game James? Yeah I did and before the game I was worried about it because Everton will have been licking their wounds after getting mm. pasting by Man United and I just thought we gave so much physically and probably mentally against Munich in midweek it could easily have been a banana skin for us but clearly we set out to hit them hard in the first half and we did ease off in the second half in terms of our pressing game anyway but it does seem like there's a newfound maturity about this side and I know there's been a lot of false dawns with this particular crop of players but I think if the stars align for us in term, particularly in terms of Sergio Aguero's fitness then we could challenge mm. partly by virtue as you say of the likes of Chelsea and Man United not looking convincing but also on our own merit and touching on Giroud quickly yeah. he did have a great game he bossed John Stones he really totally, bullied yeah. him yeah. Mm. but I do feel that's what we see with Giroud when he's fully rested and fully fit mm. when he had his purple patch last season between January and March he'd had a couple of months off with a broken leg but is he actually good enough I mean listen he played well it's Everton is he going to take us that final step the, the no. Aguero step but, but the only thing my answer to that would be that's a very good point is on, on I was watching on Sky because I had to go to do the Comic Con thing in London so I couldn't get to the game and, um, as you do as I do and um, Thierry Omri was asked this because of course he made the famous he controversial comment about him not being good enough for us to win the league and he, what he said was and I've been talking about this online to people like ever since he said that and because uh, I agree with him you know I don't think mm. he is good enough but um, what um, Thierry Omri said was well yeah but the two of them together vying for that place and Theo being essentially first choice which I think he is at the moment unless it feels like he needs a rest or he's injured or tactically it feels like this particular game suits Giroud and of course but, but together the two of them in the position they're in at the moment means that they are good enough together for us to win the league was his point and maybe that's true and how nice is it to finally have a goalkeeper that you oh, know when God, you're 2-1 yeah. up I mean even that chance for Delafeu at the end mm. you, you know you're yeah. so confident that Czech is going to pull off that save and then years gone by that that shot by Delafeu the header by Lukaku you just know we'll have bossed the game letting a goal at the end to all everyone leaves the ground deflated you now have a keeper in Czech defence looking more solid listen I'm I'm always the biggest <laughs> pessimist out there I still don't think we'll win the league but it's nice to know that you have a, a keeper there um who will make the saves mm. and should have played in the Champions but League. But we should games, be competing but. now, shouldn't we, for the league this year? I mean, there's no excuse not to not to at least be up there. For the, I mean, well, apart from injuries, which we'll get to in a minute. No, no, no excuse not to be up there. But again, this coming back to Wenger, which is every team has injuries. City, all the big teams have <laughs> yeah. injuries. And there were a few players which we cannot afford to get. Once Coquelin gets injured, then you've got Arteta coming back in because Coquelin can't play. He can't play 38 games in the season. You just, you know, you can't play week in, week out, 90 minutes. There will come a stage where we'll have 10 players injured, 11 players injured, and we won't be able to cope then. We'll start drawing away mm. to teams away that we, that, we should, that we should be winning. I mean, you look at Manchester City's bad patch. Company, I don't think, has conceded a goal this season when he's played. Um, and all Man City's dropped points, albeit they did drop points to Manchester United, but away to, to Man United it's, it's a point gained um, has been 
when he hasn't played. He's their absolute rock. And I'm not worried if... I think if Aguero gets injured, I mean, yes, it's great, but they've got so much attacking prowess that I don't think it's going to matter too much with Boney. And I, I think he's a good player. He's probably as good as like a Giroud. Um, I mean, but, City should win the league. Yeah, but yeah. if company's yeah. out, yeah. that's when... And he gets injured quite a bit, yeah. you know. Well, the company well, was a bit shit well, last season. Yeah, he? he's yeah. been shit for about two years, yeah, so I think. But and he's, he's been phenomenal this but season. But to be fair, if he's out, Otamendi looks a really, really yeah. good buy for them. He was phenomenal yeah. in the derby on Sunday. He looks did, a proper player. For me, the other big plus point of going back to the Everton game and the last few games is, is um, Ozil and I think now it's getting like the pundits who are always on his back in fact going back even like three weeks ago um, I can't remember what game it was but like Ian, Ian Wright was on his back mm-hmm. on BT Sport and they're all sitting there going oh yeah you know he's just not he does his little silky moments but really but actually the last handful of games for me he's been he's on a real great patch where week in week out he's supplying incredible balls um, assists, gave him good chances himself. I think he's a huge plus point this season. Yeah, he's been he's been absolutely phenomenal, and I think in in current form, particularly with Aguero injured, he's hands down the best player in the league at the moment. I don't think anyone's near him. I also think the pundits, you know, these fans and pundits who claim to know what they're talking about, such twats when they say Ozil yeah. is crap. The guy is world class. But they never said he was crap. No, no, no. no. You've, you've, had, you've, had, you've, had, you've had Arsenal fans coming on and saying Ozil yeah. should be dropped. Ozil alongside Sanchez should not be dropped. Well, they are just a slight tier below the Barcelona and Real Madrid starting team. You know with Ozil in your team, he can produce something. You know what? He can walk around for eight to nine minutes. I don't give a shit if he walks around for eight to nine minutes. As long as he puts in those kind of crosses, yeah. which create a goal, it doesn't matter what else he does. I mean, he, for two, we've had him for two years now, and I, I don't actually think he's been living up to his £42 million price. And I think he's great. I always have him in my team every, every single week. But he has been so frustrating. And there has been times when I've actually thought, and, and Benga's obviously thought it as well, because he has to drop him. Because he actually hasn't been up to the required level that we need. But he did play him not in his best position, didn't he? A long, that's, that's a long period. Yeah, that yeah. is true. I think what really, and kind of microcosm of the issue with Ozil and not just Arsenal fans, but the media, is at West Brom away. This, um, sorry, Leicester, I say away. There was a couple of fat old trolls stood next to me and my friends, <laughs> and. It was Alexis's goal where Ozil picked the ball up on the edge of the box and it was chip. Well, as he shaped the chip and the guy next to me between behind the fat saw what was happening, he shouted, You fucking cunt Ozil (laughs) shoot And then obviously he's going mental when we score, but that really does sum up the kind of person who doesn't rate Meza Ozil. Yeah. But he had he I mean for me, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, I don't mind. That thing where he's walking around and, you know, sometimes... The, the languid body the language. The language thing, yeah. yeah. If, he's, if he's supplying more assists than any other player in Europe, which seems to be the current statistic, yeah. whether we believe it or not, I mean, why wouldn't we believe it? Um, then, you, I mean, what, there can be no great argument against it, can there? I, mean, it, it, I think it also is, is that when he was at Madrid... He was playing, I think, with Ronaldo and Benzema in yeah. front of him. He now, listen, we were we were just all singing the praises of Giroud, but oh, yeah, well. Giroud is no uh, Ronaldo. He's not even a Benzema, to be fair. So That's I mean, not I, a controversial statement. No, no, not at all. But <laughs> I think also if, if we had a, a world-class striker, yeah. Ozil would get double the assist that he has currently. Plus, Jose Mourinho was only playing Meza Ozil for about 65, 70 minutes yeah. every... It was yeah. like, you know when Arsenal, you like you always knew this play is going to mm. come. Lucas Podolski, 71 minutes. Yeah. Meza Ozil was that exact player for Mourinho and Madrid. And you knew 65, 70 minutes he was coming off. 
And I think maybe that's why at that time Mourinho did get the best out of Mesut Ozil. Um, and I'd like to think that mm. going forwards now we can so, we can see the best moments of it. Since you mentioned Mourinho, before we move on to the Sheffield Wednesday thing, I, want to, I was going to mention the psychopathic um, Mourinho obsession with Wenger because it's it, it, that's it's hilarious. Happened. It is getting out of hand. Apparently, you mentioned him in, in the in his press conference yeah. this week as well. Like, he, and to the referee yeah. as well, apparently, and to the referee when he, he had that. It's very strange, isn't it? I think it's brilliant because I think a he's clearly cracking up. Yeah. He's having he's having a major kind of breakdown, mm. as is the team, and they all clearly like hate him. And there's, yeah. but I think the fact that it's centered on his obsession with Wenger is, is brilliant because it's almost like Wenger's won that psychological without almost doing anything. Like he's just he's just being himself. And Marina's completely. Well, if you look at it from it. the start of the season, the Charity Shield, Community Shield, I apologise, whatever it's called. Um, it was the handshake, and yeah. then it was um, you know there's only one man who can't get sacked, and then there was yeah. the the John Moss going and say Wenger's right. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, I'm loving it. I really yeah. hope he doesn't get the sack because he's yeah, it's one of the best he's, things. He's off it, like you've never seen he's a manager go from winning the league yeah. so convincingly <laughs> to absolutely being off his rockers. Yeah, yeah. After ten games of the next year, season, I mean, amazing. Not, not enough horrible things could happen to that man. He no. really. He really is the most odious little scrote. He's the he's the worst of the worst. Well, as far so as I'm concerned, that could be the title of the podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. odious little and scrote. Make sure write that. I think. Down. I mean, the, I think the issue for Mourinho is I don't know how he can pull it back. I read an interesting piece in Times by Matthew Said um, this week about him, and he said he was talking about the three year cycles of Mourinho, and it's partly because he demands so much physically and mentally of his players. They just burn out after three years. If you look at Fabregas, looks knackered. Mm. Matic looks knackered. Mm. And he, we talk about Wenger running a small squad. Mourinho runs a small squad. He doesn't. He trusts twelve players, and that's it. And it, I think it's taken its toll. And his players aren't yeah. suddenly just going to re-energize. I don't. But also, know I think go. there was a brilliant discussion on Five Live this week about uh, Mourinho's psychology by some kind of by an actual psychological expert, obviously whose name I can't remember. Um, but he was going on about when you have his ego is when you have that massive an ego and when it's all about you when you're in, in a team sport particularly it's fine it can, you can get, keep it up for about a year or two with, with the team you're managing but after that it all falls apart because they're like they're only, they, they, they will suddenly realise it's all about him Long and they resent it you know it's, yeah well and now it's going horribly wrong anyway back to Arsenal and the kind of semi-extraordinary events um, at Sheffield Wednesday um, I mean first of all on one level, I, I, mean, I tweeted this afterwards. I was like, I don't give a shit about the Coca-Cola Cup, whatever it's called. I don't give a shit about it. I, sh- I genuinely don't care about it at all. They're just, I mean, I know it's a trophy, but we've won the FA Cup twice now in recent years, so we don't need that. We, you know, when we missed, when we lost that Who final, yeah, we don't need it. Mm. For me, it's like I just uh, irrelevant. But now that we have lost two of our, well, one of our very important players and the Ox, who's not having a great season to injury it felt like a really miserable depressing night and also the performance of our experienced players I mean Wenger said after his post-match interview that the young players just weren't good enough they went up to it which was kind of incredible uh, but the experience Giroud was as bad I mean I know he didn't get any service but he was absolutely disinterested yeah, as, you, he was as disinterested as I am in that competition clearly you saw, and I thought that was all incredible you, you saw Giroud walking around yeah he was so pissed off that he had been picked for that game he could <laughs> yes. not get off the pitch yes. quick enough yes. you know even when a pass was misplaced he just looked around walked back to the centre circle yeah. he could not get off the pitch the one major major issue I have with Wenger for that game is, is that Wenger spent 10 years almost playing 
11 youngsters mm. in the cup saying this is our future this is our future there was something today which said the 211 players which Wenger has brought through most of them counted to nothing but uh, <laughs> he, spent, he spent 10 years playing these players and now in the year where we're second in the league and we actually look like we're standing a chance he suddenly brings in and it was not an inexperienced team with the back four there checking goal I mean he wouldn't play check in the Champions League but then he plays him in the Carling Cup which he I don't no really understand he has no choice no. but then you get two injuries and of course why either play your everyone the whole the whole first team 11 the whole first 11 or play 11 kids I, I don't think I don't think we have the depth of academy or youngsters no, in yeah. our squad at the moment there were massive problems for years under Liam Brady and I think we're feeling the effects of that now so I think he, I don't think he had any choice but mm. to play a slightly more experienced side just because there weren't the numbers of young yeah, kids yeah it just hasn't got in. even like a, a, a decent enough thing. that's what you were saying I guess wasn't it in that, in the, that we haven't got it's, any it's decent just, it's, just, it's, it's interesting though how he's changed he's changed from this we've got this golden generation and we're going to play them in the Carling Cup mm. then they didn't account for anything then alright we're going to play a stronger team now because we want to win everything and we get knocked out mm. I, I mean I do think I, th- I think the lineup was purely out of necessity rather than a change in in approach in my mm. opinion I mean, anyway that, when I was but. in Sheffield and I got the tweet Glenn Kamara I, je- I always think that whenever there's a Carling Cup side or yeah. Capital One or Coco whatever it is like you look through the, the, the youngsters and you've heard of them mm. yeah. I had no yeah. idea Glenn. who Glenn yeah. I, I actually I, knew I, any, rela- any relation to Chris sadly not no, no. he's Finnish isn't he he's a Finnish and uh, you know Alex, Alex, Alex Iwobi supposedly is the nephew I could be wrong here of JJ Okocha who no well he, not oh, skill really? wise but yeah. I mean I could not <laughs> hang on I sorry not, yeah. is, Kamara is from Finland I believe so yeah I, I looked him up Honestly, on the night yeah, I think and you're I just right. checked I whether right. I dreamt it and I I've never ever he, uh, heard of him Glenn Kamara is place of birth Tampere Finland um, he's yeah. also 19 he's 19 yeah. that's old I think, for someone I've never heard of ever yeah. number 47 yeah. in the Arsenal squad um, he had time with Southend as a youth but yeah it's in the Finnish under 21 squad uh, also how, how bad mm. how, how, how bad was Debussy he looks oh, yeah. so dodgy point. I mean if Bell- Bellerin's been classed this season yeah. he's been really really great yeah. if Bellerin gets injured Debussy comes in he, he looked like he'd never played a game yeah. before he hasn't played of... for a bloody year no, 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 I know, but still I, I but he's a f- that was one of the worst performances <laughs> I've ever seen but he got Arsenal absolutely player. done at Tottenham I know, as well I know in the round yeah. before like he's, but he's a French international but, yeah that's what I'm saying it's not like he's never played he's played for this country <laughs> endless times and the guy was being run ragged by uh, Sheffield Wednesday but he's yeah. got no match I mean that's the thing like if you're if you're a player of his calibre and you suddenly for a whole year you do, like you're playing once every like th- two months, three months if you're lucky. So is he not even playing in the? I don't know how it works now with the reserves. Or no, he the doesn't play so there's no, they don't play at all. The the, the kind of mm. the senior players who don't get in the team or that do not play on it. So I mean, I guess you can excuse it. What did you what did you feel about the whole bloody nightmare of, of an evening? Um, on Debussy, yeah. I actually don't think he's ever been very good. Even, yeah. even controversial. Even when he was at Newcastle, I watched him a few times against us as well, and he looked rash and not a particularly good defender. I don't think he's a good enough footballer either to play fullback for Arsenal. Um, I don't think he's particularly composed on the ball. When he has it, he rarely looks to cut inside, play it inside. He's always looking forward to play it long. Essentially, I actually don't think he's very good, even at his best. And we're just seeing 
a pretty average player carrying on to decline. Um, I think the bigger worry is probably Kieran Gibbs um, because yeah. there was a spell where he looked yeah. very promising. Um, and Gibbs he, is not young well, anymore. The thing is, Kieran, right. how old is he? 27? 26, 27. Yeah. But, I mean, Kieran Gibbs has now reinvented himself as a makeshift number 10 when we're winning a game. Yeah. So bombing forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about the Gibbs at 10 movement. He's actually quite good <laughs> I mean, there. But, but, but the worst thing about it, or you can say, like, I don't think um, Tabushi's good enough. Like, this is, we're playing against a average Sheffield Wednesday side it doesn't matter if he's if Tabushi's not good enough for Arsenal he's definitely good enough for a middle of the road Premier League team and he struggled against a shit Sheffield Wednesday team alongside Per Mertesacker Callum Chambers oh my lord he's horrific Callum, Callum Chambers is, is, is the worst player on Arsenal but I don't think he's had a good game yet and you know what that's another one of he had one you know you're right he's had one big good game he's had one game every game this season it doesn't matter if it's a big striker, small striker, fast, strong. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. The guy that should be playing at Hackney Marshes. That's it. There's no there's no way he but should be near the Arsenal Kieran team. Gibbs, I do feel sorry for Kieran Gibbs because he must have thought, you know, like when Ashley Cole left, he must have thought, right, I'm going to be Arsenal's left back. And he was for, for years and years and years. Like yeah. for the rest of, you know, I'm going to be England's left back and it's going to be, and, that, and, and his current career is fucked, isn't it? I mean, it's, I do feel sorry for him a bit. I think, I think a lot of it's psychological. I don't know. I'm no expert, but... Yeah, but Monreal's Mr. World 2015, so... Oh, yeah, no, I love Monreal. Monreal's just come, come, come completely think, good. Come, Monreal, I love him, yeah, he's brilliant. I but mean, it is I remarkable. I do feel sorry for Gibbs, because I really like him. As because a, at the beginning of last season, Gibbs, number one, shoo-in, and then Tabushi was our number yeah. one right-back. And mm. they... I mean, that's it. They've got to play against so, Sheffield Wednesday on a Sheffield Wednesday on a cold so Tuesday is, is this, night. Is this is this the March collapse of four to, four games in, in a week? Well, we? this is the big question. This is what I was going to ask. Yeah. So, does, is this... A, is the Sheffield Wednesday result and performance and defeat and injury situation, is this going to be a calamitous night in our season? Or is it just we'll get over it because Walcott and um, the Ox will be back in three weeks' time, three games' time, and no one cares about the Coca Cup and it's fine? Which, which, which way are we going? What do you think? I think that this is uh, the collapse is happening earlier than normal. <laughs> Wenger's already got in his excuses. You of want it got... to be a collapse, Kevin. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't want it to be a collapse, but I'm just saying that he's got in his excuses already of we've got loads of players injured. Um, we do. We, yeah, we do. But so, so, so do lots of other teams. Everyone gets injuries every single season. You have to buy players to compensate for those injuries. Sorry, Wenger might not want to. Yeah, of course, interrupt me. I'm going on my Wenger rant. Please interrupt me. I'm about to stab someone. James just put his glasses on, especially for this. (laughs) (laughs) On on that point of you need to buy players to cover for injury, I completely agree. But I was was going through last night the players that we have injured. Welbeck, Rosicki, Chamberlain, Walcott, Wilshire, Ramsey. That's six good quality internationals who can all play in a similar position all out at one time so it begs the question mm. how many players do you need to buy for squad debt that's what Arsblog was saying this morning I, I didn't copy him <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I know what you mean but equally like if you'd have bought one outfield player yeah. you know in the, in the summer I think it would have helped wouldn't it I mean you, you could have had you know you could have had a, well, a, a defensive midfielder or at least a midfielder who was who, you know, who could play in that position? Who could take over from from Ramsey, for example? But what what we're saying though is, is if you, if Gillad's going on about a collapse, you think it's going to? We're basically saying that we're going to lose these games because of one right-sided midfielder. I mean, that is absolutely absurd. It's one position, and ultimately, you can get someone to fill that. And if 
Bellerin does his job properly and the midfield do their job properly and help out what I assume will be Campbell um, playing the right side against Swansea. We've got Meza Ozil, Giroud, Sanchez, Casola, Coquelin. These are all. Yeah, it should be enough, yeah. Of course. That, that to me, if we can't. But don't you think. Three games. Is, I agree with you in theory, but don't you think, in a way, this season, what this season's told us so far is that that AA team, that t- team that, you know, he picks pretty much, you know, either Giroud Walker, but mostly Walcott, that team. Mm. Um, is great and is capable of beating anyone and, and, and most of the time does whereas once he starts tinkering a bit it kind of goes a bit horribly wrong yeah I think that's fair and I think that's probably true of a few sides in the Premier League um, it is it is concerning and particularly I think I think if Mesut Ozil gets injured we've got real problems in terms of creativity yes um, and I don't in the period where he was injured last season I believe we and, or, and the season before we can muddle through games and we can win games but we can't control them and I just I don't see a natural successor for him in that position Kazola maybe but he hasn't played as a number 10 it's in about further and further back will be a goalkeeper years. in two years <laughs> but I mean on the injuries and the point yeah. play, which is fair yeah. is the solution then to sell or cut our losses with players who can't stay fit for more than a third of a season your likes of Wilshire. Oh no, no! I'm not saying that, but I do think I know. But it's, yeah. it, I, I was saying before, you can't just sign copious amounts of players. So well, I, need, actually, I, actually, players I actually think I think I think Wilshire, Wilshire's career could almost be over in the sense one more, one that. more injury. And I don't think he'll ever come back because meandering to nothing. As in, he oh, comes back. Can to, we talk, yeah, so we're running. Sorry, sorry, boy. No, 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 no. That's a good here. point. No, but to talk about injuries, there's that guy. I wish I, I was trying to find his name just now. Is who, it Raymond Verheyen? Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. See, no, you mind reading. Mind <laughs> but he tweeted. So you read his tweets, didn't you? Yeah. After yeah. The, the, game, the Dutch guy, the Dutch yeah. guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. who was unremittingly critical of Wenger and blames Wenger for these injuries. He did make the point that Wilshire Chamberlain. Theo and Ramsey are all out all re- every single year for quite a long period, which cannot be denied. And he's basically he's really kind of written a book. I don't know whether the whole book's about Otton Wenger being responsible, <laughs> but his his whole thing was that Wenger was revolutionary when he arrived. You you'd support this for a couple of years, and now he's totally non-revolutionary because he's still sticking to the same methods allegedly and that is that is Wenger to a T that it's his way or no way when he came with all the sports science it wasn't done before he will never change what he's going to do which is just likewise we can have Wenger for another yeah. 10 years we, was, we still won't win the league because he won't change his practice I mean you could look at it a little bit like saying one injury unlucky two ooh that's still a little bit unlucky but three four is that just unlucky or is that just the way they're being trained mm. a little bit like when Manchester United oh so lucky Man United always scoring in the 90th minute I mean, you're doing it every single week. That's not unlucky. Good that's point. just skill, class, and that's the manager doing something right. So do we blame Wenger for these injuries? I do don't you know. Blame but... um, I think that clearly the club have admitted themselves, I think, last year or the year before that. Yeah, I thought they changed it, yeah. inher- They had an internal... Shad Forsyth. Yeah, yeah. they got their shad out. Yeah, Pete, you're, you're the Grove Pete... T- came on this podcast and told us. I thought you were about to say my Pete. Then. No, your mate. Your, no, your, your mate. Your colleague on the Grove. Yeah. Came on this and told us it's all been sorted out. It's all fine now. Um, well, sort it out. Well, it's not going to be an overnight success. I don't but, think this guy's going to come in and suddenly. But do you think like, it's unfair of that guy to blame Wenger now for the for the, you know the, particularly the injuries on Tuesday um, night? I mean, I, th- I think it is because critics of Wenger can't have it both ways. One side. A lot of people say Wenger's too... He has too much control. He's too autocratic. Yeah. He doesn't delegate. 
And then when quite clearly he is delegating or trying to seemingly, that's still not the right thing to do either. So if you blame... I don't think you can blame Wenger because the club are trying to do take steps to appease it. They've got Shad for Saifin. And there was a spell last season towards the end particularly where we had a really clean bill of health. Mm. I think the other person that's worth mentioning is Danny Welbeck, who I don't know if he's ever going to play again. Well, you, oh, you need, God, uh, don't say that. You know Wenger never wanted to sign him. And just, just likewise, I mean, we all knew that the injury was there uh, before the transfer window shut, and he still didn't do anything about it. It was only announced the, week, the day after it shut. And th- that I blame Wenger for. You can't say Welbeck's injured, but what can you do about that? We knew he was injured. Yeah, yeah. but if he's injured, you've still got... Ramsey who can play that position you've still got Chamberlain who can play that position Walcott can play the position I mean I, I do think the, the, got- the injuries to the right <laughs> side of like the, the midfield is unlucky but, but to have a handful of players, including Welbeck, adding to our handful of players that always get injured for quite a long time every single season is kind of absurd, isn't it? I, I, I'm not blaming that. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I can't get... It just feels... I know you said every team has injuries, but it does feel weird that we have this quite large gaggle of players mm. that are so injury-prone. And, and have these... You know, on, on... I mean, on Tuesday, obviously the Oxford injured in the first few minutes, and then Theo came on, and there was the whole warm-up controversy. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know whose fault that is. I don't know whether there's any way around it. He, you know, he clearly did not have time to warm up, did he? Is yeah, he's, he's straight on. I mean, I'm, I'm Jewish, so I don't do that much sports. So I wouldn't really know, to be fair. But, the only uh, time I ever do sport, <laughs> I, I, I never warm up. And I always do feel really terrible. Yeah, exactly. So I pull my, I pull my muscle important. every time I go yeah. to the gym. But uh, I would have thought that a professional footballer would probably know, maybe do some stretches before he comes on. Uh, I mean, it was, it was five minutes in. I assume he would have been doing a little bit of a warm up. But prior proper, to proper the kickoff, yeah. so he should be okay, and also he should know his body, and he should be like Arson. I need two more minutes, three more minutes, five more minutes before I come on. But no one, no one goes. Well, play with ten men for five minutes while Theo gets warmed I mean, up. We're playing at Sheffield happen, Wednesday. Oh, I, mean, I know, I know, but yeah. in reality, that just doesn't yeah, happen, does it? Was it very cold in Sheffield? It's always cold. In no, Sheffield, it was isn't actually. It? It, was, it, it wasn't actually. No, it was, it was it mild, was very mild, very ple- well. No. It wasn't a pleasant evening, but it was. Fine. We're running out of time. You, you had a big Serge Gnabry section in your menu, yeah, um, which is interesting. We can quickly mention it, but before we do and go on to predictions, more importantly, um, I have to mention that there's still time to join the Footballistically Arsenal Dream Team League. Go to www.dreamteamfc.com, register a team for free, then join our league by entering pin number 8394930. There's a signed shirt to a player picked out randomly and not surprises throughout the season. And we've signed up with Labrooks to bring you some exclusive betting odds and offers that we've wrangled out of them. Follow the links on the description to this podcast or our Facebook page or Twitter feed for starters. And there's a free bet of up to £50 when you click on the link and enter the promo code LAD50. What did you want to say about Serge Gnabry? Well, first of all, I don't think he's as bad a player as Tony Pulis is making out to be. So So Tony Pulis said he's not good enough to play at this level he's not, he's not good enough to play for he says he doesn't, he's not good enough to play for West Bromwich Albion he oh, right. he's at the required level of hoofing the ball up probably because he's a midfielder with a little bit of skill he was I think he was <laughs> excellent two seasons ago when he came into the side scored a great goal against Swansea in my notes I do point out that he was the youngest goal scorer in the Premier League season oh, yeah. two years yeah. ago so and Arsene Wenger clearly likes him as well 
if he's not get, playing for West Brom, if Tony Pudis doesn't want him to play, we need a right-sided midfielder. He is that person. Coquelin came in last season. What are you talking about, Oli? You want to bring back <laughs> Serge Gnabry to start for Arsenal? Are you mad? <laughs> who, are you, who else are you going to play? You're a lunatic, Who honestly. else are you going to play? Yeah. Joel Campbell? I think you've been chatting to Wenger or something. Seriously, Serge. what are you talking about? What are you on about? We're okay, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Let's I never back. thought with a big, big battle would be about Serge Gnabry. I was going to say, why are we even discussing Serge <laughs> wait, Gnabry? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. It's on the menu. Are you telling me that you would rather Joel Campbell than Serge Nabry on the right side no, because I, I don't Jeff do you know what play uh, Jeff enough about this play this. Jeff yeah mm, yeah no I think I'd rather have um, Joel Campbell wouldn't you I'd what, rather have Nabry? Jeff I'd rather have Jeff than Joel Campbell <laughs> who's Jeff I Jeff Rene Adelaide oh isn't he in the oh, yeah, um, he's supposed to he's, yeah he's, he's a good player I mean, but why wasn't he on, in he's the, in, in the, the World Cup the FIFA under 17. 17 World Cup or something like that. Oh, okay. uh, to be fair, if no one comes through the academy, we may, we may as well shut it down soon because Wenger <laughs> doesn't bring through anyone. He doesn't. He doesn't. When was... You know what you're going to say? Okay, we brought through Wilshere, Ashley Cole. We don't bring through... He's played 201 players. No one comes through the academy. It's pathetic. We've got but Jeff 85 does Swedish and Norwegian players. But Jeff does look but good. But yeah. I, I personally believe I that... I thought you meant Jeff Arsenal. I would rather have <laughs> Serge Nabry playing Jackson. on the right-hand side than um, Joel Campbell. Oli for Serge Nabry. Neither ideal. Is there any other option? I mean, Jeff. Um, Jeff, no. He's in. He's Gib- in. He's away. Gibbs on the left. Gibbs, yeah. Gibbs on the left. Right. Sanchez on the right. Where he, I think he's probably better than on the left. No, maybe anyway. he'll do that. Yeah, maybe. I, I think he might. Okay. He'll bring back Serge now. Well, it's time to. I'm going to do a, like one of those campaigns to bring him back. He's yeah. Probably sitting at in. First of all, he's in Birmingham. Poor guy. Okay. And, just take him home. I think you may off. stand alone mm. in your campaign. It might be a very lonely campaign, Ollie. That's what I'm saying. But I liked how angry it made Gillard, though. That was good. Because well, Gillard wants Joel Cameron on the right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you're going for bring back Serge Nabry, I'm going for back, bring back Josh Landy. That's, a, yeah, <laughs> that's another possible He'll type. be back next week. Bring and back. I, Josh will, I think he'll back me up on Serge Nabry. Really? No, I we'll don't check. know about that. Okay. Anyway, more importantly, predictions. Come on. So we've got Swansea. Is that three o'clock kickoff three. on yes. Saturday? And, um,. Equally importantly, Bayern Munich away on Wednesday. Which, where should we start with? Let's start with let's start with you, Ollie. What's going to happen? I think got my pen at the we will beat Swansea one nil, and we will lose to Bayern Munich three one. However, I think we will take the lead against Munich. Oh, okay, that's very specific. Yeah, very specific. You're allowed. I think that we will draw with Swansea two all. Uh, the only thing I request is that. Callum Chambers is nowhere near the pitch because if he is Jefferson Montero will destroy him Um, and I also think that going to Munich we will get destroyed and I think we will lose 3-0 in Munich I think that they have a point point to prove Um, and you saw when they kept the ball for about 85 minutes last last <laughs> week. Nothing uh, with it. Did, did, they may have done nothing with it. All they need is that first goal. Once that first goal goes yeah. in in Munich, I think yeah. it's going to be a long, long okay. night for the. Arts. You think it'd be tough for Lewandowski to play to not score those chances, yeah. James? What do you reckon? Um, going to both of these, so hopefully. Oh, you going to be, Munich? Yeah, going cool. to both. So hopefully the results will be better than my predictions. I think we'll draw one-one with Swansea. Yeah, uh, it's a ground we have historically struggled at yeah. and we are fairly threadbare at the moment yeah. Munich I think I think we'll score there and I think we'll lose 2-1 2-1 I'm going to go for um, yeah I'm going to go for, I was going to say 2 all as well but I don't want to copy Gillard so I might have to go for <laughs> I'm going to go for a Maverick 3 all, just for the sheer hell of it 
How's the scoring going to go? Are we going to go 3-0 up and throw it away? Typical Arsenal stuff. <laughs> I think it's going to be quite topsy-turvy. I think it might be like that we go 3-1 up and then they score two annoying goals. And like that. Gomez, I don't really think this is going to happen. Just, Gomez is going to like score. Yeah. yeah. He, he hasn't, hasn't, he hasn't scored, scored in ages. ages and he's so, yeah, to drop yeah, yeah, That's stuff. true. And Munich. Oh, I've got a weird feeling we won't do that badly. Um... Boy, the last result there was a fake result when we won. Don't forget Oh, it. yeah, you made that point. Yeah, so your, your, our victory was a fake victory. It was a fake victory. They had won 3-1 yes. at the Emirates. Yes. They didn't need to play. They let in a goal in the last minute. And Wenger came back with his, we almost won. We're the first yeah. team to win in Germany. Oh, that's right. We yeah. got knocked down. But they did shit themselves. I was there. It was good, though. It was fun, even though you're, you're right. And I do agree with you about that. But so this is a real game, and I think it's going to be close. But I think we will lose 2-1, yeah, 2-1. Thanks very much for a lively, especially the Serge Gnabry section. Um, bring back podcast. Josh Landy. I mean, bring back Serge Gnabry. Bring back, bring back someone. Bring back James Wilson. Thanks, James. Thanks, Killette. Thanks, Ollie. We'll see you next time. Bye. Pleasure. This show is brought to you in association with Lab Books. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up, and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.